the year starts with the embedded world. Welcome to the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast, episode 13. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast. I am Georg Lohrer, and this is the podcast dedicated to challenges within the embedded systems realm. I tell you the know-how and teach you the ways to succeed and overcome your daily obstacles and roadblocks in embedded systems projects. The year starts with the embedded world. A former colleague of mine told me that, as we met the week before last week, at least for him, the embedded world should not be underestimated. It's the definite begin of his business year. And in fact, the embedded world in Nuremberg was huge. My main intention was to feel a little bit like a compass needle. Where is the market going? What are the manufacturers doing? What are the trends? Are there any trends at all? And I also wanted to reach out for interesting podcast topics, of course. Such details you might be interested in. I have prepared myself by scrutinizing through the Embedded World Award winners of 2015 and the nominees for 2016. I have visited them all and some of them are really interesting. Next week I will start to gather all the interview schedules because some of them have agreed to have an interview with me. And let's see what will be the outcome of that. I am really excited for that. And I can promise real assets are coming up, interesting topics and also great ideas. But this episode is for all of you who haven't had the chance to come to Nuremberg. I want to introduce you for a virtual walk. Join me, the interesting booths and see the big players. I want to give you some of my impressions of the Embedded World 2016. As usual, you find the links and additional information in the show notes for the episode at embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 30. Stay tuned and be inspired. Today is Saturday and I'm recording this episode and I have had some flashback and looking back, what's, what was the exhibition for me? The, the exhibition itself, it was crowded and noisy, boring and interesting, exhaustive and thrilling. At least there were five halls to manage, five halls this year. I think it has become a little bit smaller than before, but I'm not that sure. I haven't checked that yet. But I've personally concentrated on the halls with the software, the tools, and some main part of the hardwares. I observed that at, a, at the end of the forenoon, beginning of afternoon, it becomes really crowded. I started on Tuesday, so it was the first exhibition day. One of the major highlights was to meet Pero Precalo. This, this is, you might remember episode 19, this is for me, Mr. Backhunting himself. We discussed a lot, we have had a good time together, and Pero showed me his enhanced logging system, and to be honest, that's something I really wanted to have in my project. Would, be, would make things that much more easy. For details, take a glimpse into episode 19, embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 19. And Pero, thanks again for your nice and informative talk. It was a pleasure to meet you personally. Well, let's have a and first glimpse into the virtual catalog of the exhibitors. Who were the exhibitors? Who would have found who would you have found if you would have visited? First of all, where are the big players? Of course, it's something like the big manufacturers, as for example, Intel, Texas Instruments, Atmel, Infineon, Toshiba, ARM, analog devices, 
more or less everybody was there. So for me, this is something like the who is who of the embedded world. All of them were, were available. From small to big, nearly everyone. Also guys like Unix, or I really was a little astonished about it, Microsoft. But also they, okay, they, they presented their Microsoft 10 and most likely possible to put also on the smartphone. So I don't know where we want to go, but okay, Microsoft is a separate issue. I don't want to deal with. Big distributors, I have observed EBW Electronics Germany, Reichelt, STM Electronics, Conrad. Some of them were available, but also they were quite out of my scope. And we have had some big sensor manufacturers like Contron, TQ System, NXP, Semiconductors. And here we already were at the point of what are the eye catchers? What have the guys done that you get a special visit for their booth and whether you get, whether you get stuck at their, at their stand? First of all, what comes into my mind as I entered the, the exhibition at Hall 4A? It was the show truck by NXP. NXP has uh, their truck presenting Smalter World Tour. That's their topic we are running with. And it's one of these big tracks you can imagine. That's the one who are something like a matrashka puppet. So it gets bigger and bigger. If it, if it, stuck, if it gets stand and or if it stands still, then it gets bigger and bigger. Uh, we have some kind of expansion elements inside of the truck. So it gets like a big house after it. And we have pre presented it. We have placed it midst inside of the hall. It was really a good picture. And even the cab of the of the truck is something yeah have a look at the photograph i have taken one and it's it's unbelievable how it looks like maybe it's an eye catcher even if you're driving on the on the highway and there might be even accidents for that <laughs> unbelievable so that was really a big um a big eye catcher there was also another eye catcher which was at, at the qnx booth it was an amg mercedes we have simply presented there it was c45 that was the the model and we have done some additional points here and uh, we have additional additional uh, cables inside of the motor area so you can you can gather additional data and so on but i didn't take that much attention on that we also have had um, some kind of an iot based and internet connected washing machine uh, combined with a dryer so what was really something like looking a little bit into the future what will happen if your home automation systems will be connected with your regular um if your regular machines you have you have in use in your daily uh, in your daily affairs I was a little bit astonished about QNX because it was not that crowded so that uh, the booth was really, I don't want to say empty, so there was, still there were some guys, but the amount of visitors was smaller when the, when the staff. So that was also a, a quite, yeah, it was a little bit of a weird situation. But anyway, it's something like I have seen, there was an NVIDIA booth and that was completely different, but because there was um, there were some there were robots presented, and they have had some action there, and that's serving the the nerds' needs. So that was completely different here. Um, maybe it was also something like I was a little bit astonished. This was. At least if we see that embedded world, that's something the nerds will meet. So you have a lot of engineers, you have tons of specialists, you have nerds. And on the other side, you meet some, some staff or some companies where you have all these business people in the staff. So looking like business people, maybe there are some, yeah, I want to say some, some kind of problems in communication whatsoever. So I don't know whether they really serve their 
purposes very well if we have some kind of clothing guidelines requiring suits and ties. It's an artificial barrier. And I don't know whether it's that. that's really good. Okay, who were the general and who were the big players on the exhibition? So, first of all, we are regularly always present. Yeah, you see all these guys, but it was a little bit problematic to find a valid technical staff. So, there was one exception. It was Texas Instruments. The staff were, were T-shirts who have had at the backside some printings. Where I was really astonished to see there was a printing like, I'm an expert for power system or I am an expert for processors. So it's even you can see the person from the, if you see him from the backside, you already see, ah, this is the right guy I want to talk to. And you don't have to ask all, all, all the other ones. But it, okay, on the other side, it was simply a gag, yeah, to see that. But what was really observable that the whole marketing and sales staff was available. Sometimes you, as as I experience, it's sometimes a little bit a little bit problematic because uh, they are not that they do not have that much deep knowledge about details. So the questions will be: Who are the visitors? So if they place a staff belonging to marketing and to sales to an exhibition like Embedded World, where there are mainly the specialists and the experts coming, so. I don't know whether this really matches well. From my perspective, the companies having their engineers with them have a huge benefit. So I observed that several times, if you have the specialist directly on the booth, you can discuss immediately with the guys and you get a much more better impression and we could sell their products much more easily. Especially as I came up with my podcast idea, I was looking for the interviews, of course. Uh, then I was immediately recognized as some kind of a journalist. Me. <laughs> and when I have had to convince the person that he, that he can feel free to increase the speed of information input, I will understand because I'm an engineer and not a journalist. So that was quite amazing to see the guys that we are really, some of them were, were, were really puzzled. I visited mainly the three halls 4, 4A and 5, holding the majority of software and tools and also some, a little bit of the hardware. There were a huge bandwidth of exhibitors so there are tons of small exhibitors or smaller companies. So you need to leave the big tracks in the middle of the hall. So if you, are, if you have ever been at such an exhibition, you have the big tracks in the middle of the hall. So from one direction, from one side to the other, and perpendicular to that, it's the other one. So, and, uh, but there are smaller, smaller tracks on the outside, so around the hall. So And they are very often some really interesting to see uh, what companies are located there. And I meet interesting details, like, for example, Magilem. So it's a France company. So I will, I will have an interview with them. Lingoverg, they are offering speech recognition for embedded systems. I also will try to have an, an interview. Lumen Radio, we are originally coming from Light Technic for stages and performance. I have had a great discussion with the guys there. So it was really amazing. Two Swedish guys, very, very interesting. And then Ilbers, they are providing a bare metal hypervisor. So that was an interesting idea to see, to get rid of some kind of internal um, hypervisors or virtual, uh, virtual container solution like it is done on Linux. With some of them, I have aligned to have interviews to present you their solutions in a more depth. Be excited. I will, I'm really excited by myself to see what, what will be the result of these things. And of course, unfortunately, or even, yeah, sadly a little bit, you also see exhibitors you seem to meet on every fair. So 
for example, in one of the halls, it was one part of it, something like 10 different booths about manufacturer for cases. Okay, it's a part of hardware, agreed, yeah? But cases are cases, and especially there are no, no, no special cases, no specific cases, no niche presentations or something like that. It, you really remark in that area of the hall, there was quite low rate of visitors. And I'm very often sad for for the for the staff there because it must be really boring to sit in in such an exhibition and you have a product which is not really of much interest for the for the visitors. And as it has become more crowded, I have reduced myself to the to the side tracks and go really to the to the small areas, to the small groups, to the small companies to see what's going on there. And therefore, let's start first with the software. First of all, my impression, there is no trend detectable in software. There is, no, there is no big hit in some way. There is an unspeakable amount of companies supporting you in getting certifications. You might remember my episode number 20, where it was, was your last conference poor, as I re referenced to the embedded testing conference in Munich, and it was a little bit like that. It was some kind of déjà vu. It was mainly automotive, medical techniques, potentially also avionics. But companies clearly stating we will support you that you get a better certification or quicker certification or whatsoever. And very often, uh, yeah, I, I do not know what to do with that. There will be most likely a lot of persons who are definitely not that interested. But I'm Quite in, I'm quite astonished that there seems to be that, that big market for such kind of, uh, of, of uh, business. For me, a much better approach was the, the operating system. Uh, where we have had, I already mentioned Microsoft, Windows, I exclude that now here. I have seen tons of small Linux companies providing their dedicated Linux from scratch or whatsoever, providing a dedicated Linux system for your embedded purposes. And of course, the thick one here was QNX. Um, uh, QNX was available, uh, that was fine. But I was missing Wind River. It was located at a booth or um, at a booth by Intel. It was under the hood of Intel, and it has had only limited his own um, his own presentation to IoT to Internet over uh, Internet of Things here. So only that. So there was no other way. So I was really astonished. I would have expected that Wind River would present a big booth, but nothing of that. And there was also no big advertiser, no big supplier for Linux systems. I haven't seen MontaVista. What I'm really astonished with, yeah, it seems to be even, okay, there was Pengotronic, so that also Wind River, as mentioned, was only quote-unquote hiding within the Intel booth. So for me, that was really astonishing. But it, it impresses, it supports the idea that there is no trend detectable in software. We're simply going on, that's it. But on the hardware side, it's completely different. There is a clean trend visible. Everybody, every, really everybody who has had the chance in any way to, brand, to print IoT on their boards, on their booth, on their stand, whatsoever, has printed it there. M2M, the machine-to-machine -machine uh, communication, was never mentioned in any way. So we have IoT, that's the 
big new thing we want to follow. Okay, it, it's no longer that new, but it's, of course, a very, very big thing. It started with very small solutions for some very seldomly used sensors up to complete solutions with some kind of uh, do not take care, we do everything for you package. So you want to make IoT, no problem, we have it, we do it for you, go on. So we have companies there which are providing from the sensor uh, via the data storage, so the cloud and the analysis and the presentation and the user face, everything out of one hand. But these are very often, these are a combination of companies. It's not only, not only ones and where, yeah, I think it must not match. So IoT will, be some, will become something really individual. And it is already something individual and there are, there are quite great opportunities. I have just seen one, uh, one presentation about uh, some kind of medical system. And that was also we were discussed. I was discussing with Bero Bercalo. So we have some, the, the, the citizens, at least in Germany, get older and older. So we have a quite huge demand for support for older people. And there was observation instruments and sensors and home automation system which get, which get you together, which collects all the data we can use to provide you data you have never thought of. Things like, for example, it looks like after two months of recording what you are going slower and slower in your house. So there seems to be some kind of reduced mobility. You will not remark it by yourself, but the system will. Very amazing, very interesting. It's named Sensara. Sensara Family Lifestyle doesn't only let you manage your smart home devices, it puts you back in control over your busy family life. So it's a combination. Sensara is a Dutch company specialized in the development of self-learning, intelligent home monitoring solutions, and GreenPeak Technologies, which is a fabulous semiconductor or system company. And both together have provided or have developed the Sensara product. It's quite amazing. And I mean, that's an interesting topic, an interesting product. Not, not the product itself. It's something like there are some RF transmitters inside. You have some, yeah, uh, ultrasonic um, um, sensors or, uh, yeah, that's all. That's, that's nothing great. But the idea is that marvelous. It's no longer some kind of technical-based, uh, only for nerds, usable, home automation, whatsoever streaming system. But it's something with a completely different audience, with a completely different destination group. And that's amazing. That's very interesting to see. Have a, have a look in the show notes. Very, I will forward the, the links for that. Okay, now let's start. What kind of smart solutions are available? For example, the company Lumen Radio. Lumen Radio has an interesting history history. It may come from the stage and, uh, and performance light technique. We are doing concerts or other performances and in that we have some quite huge experience in RF transmission. In, in an environment which is hugely uh, polluted with RF and where, where we transfer with high speed and with a very, with a very high reliability. So their issue was or their topic is mesh networks. Very interesting way how we have done it, and they were one of the nominees of the of the embedded and the embedded world award. And there are 
Beside these kind of smart solutions and belonging hardware sensors and abstract software, there are a lot of companies which meanwhile try to squeeze themselves into that IoT business. So IoT, you have the sensors, you have sometimes a little bit actors, but let's take the sensors. They provide big data. You have to store the data somewhere in the cloud. And then you have to uh, analyze. We have to provide the user interface, the usability. You have to provide the, the human-machine interface, communication, all that jazz. So it's something like this kind of three-layer approach. And now we try to squeeze them in. For example, SSV software systems. SSV provides gateway systems, small embedded systems which provide connectivity of sensors into the cloud. We wanted to provide an all-inclusive solution for IoT starters. However, we do not have cloud services by themselves. We are not Amazon or Google. But we have had a very close look at the most relevant pain points a company might have when jumping into IoT. How could the sensor data be sent, be permitted, be transferred or be manipulated for cloud purposes? How could the data be brought into the storage for further analysis and presentation? And here we have had the additional product, Thinglified. With Thinglified, we provide a quote-unquote cloud connector kit. We squeeze themselves into the layers of bare sensors and the data storage. We provide a lot of abstraction, promising that they can adapt to every cloud, independent whether it's Google, Microsoft, SAP or whatsoever. Finally, we provide additional benefit by simplifying the business of IoT. So finally, I have observed the biggest movement in the hardware section. What I've seen multiple times, for example, are the combination of system-on-chip controllers and microcontrollers and what the guys have done now when, to, to show their flexibility. They provide an evaluation kit with their sensors or with their controller, but with two different hardware variants inside. We have two different evaluation boards. One time, for example, with a different processor, with a different PCB, whatsoever. So it's simply different ways. We want to we want to provide initially their way how to handle flexibility and how to be flexible. And there are a lot of hardware manufacturers which are offering more than the bare sensor. We are starting not only to provide their bare sensor um, idea and sensor technology, but we want to support the user to embed their sensor in the complete environment we have in mind. With all of them who I've talked with, we are, we are um, promising that they are able to introduce their sensor in whatever environment you have. So that's also different. It has changed from a former something like, we provide a sensor, whatever you do with that, it's not our business, towards something more uh, service-like orientation to say, we have a sensor, you have an environment, and we provide the adaptation. And then let's see what are the third one. So I have the tools. There are a lot of tools available, but for me, the very biggest, I'd say the most exciting product was the Mango Bare Metal Hypervisor. I have had the chance to talk with the, with the general manager, Barsan Ismagulov, and we have already agreed that we will have an interview. But the Mango Hypervisor is a piece of software that allows running several operating systems, of course it's a hypervisor, in full isolation on an embedded system. And that's the new thing. Of course, we have a lot of hypervisors available, but they are more or less dedicated to host systems, so that's different. And we very often have some kind of legacy stuff we have to fulfill, like for example VMware, who has additional emulation 
stuff with them to provide details and provide uh, abstraction for all the hardware which does not natively support uh, virtualizing. So it's Linux is on top as a client, for example, and we are only a few bytes separated from each other. For uh, Initially, we come into my, in our mind that we, for example, have the base station sharing for mobile operators. So if you do that with, for example, Linux system and using virtual containers, it's not a real abstraction and it's not really separate, but you need a complete independency and you also need cl uh, uh, absolute clear separation so And that cannot be done in a virtual container, but it must be done on a very basic layer. And therefore, this kind of hypervisor is a really interesting approach. And then, of course, there were a lot of offers for JTAG debuggers. And all of them in fight with Lauterbach, of course. And I think it's a good opportunity to have that available. There is also one of the embedded world winners, the embedded world award winners, it's Goepel Electronic, and they provide JEDOS. It's the abbreviation for JTAG Embedded Diagnostics Operating System. So it's no longer a simple debugger, but it's an embedded test and diagnostics operating system. It's able to perform functional tests in real time using the native processor. So the use of special tests or also flash resident firmware is completely unnecessary. That was also a quite amazing way of working with a new approach here. That was also presented on the embedded world. When, of course, it cannot be missed in the tools area, static code analysis. Tons of companies, and I have avoided to collect them all because it's something that yeah, there are always the same good old players. They are very often connected with the ones who are doing this kind of certification, as I mentioned before, and that was not really that interesting. But there are also a lot of code generation stuff. So to have the abstraction layer, to have some kind of simplification uh, using code generation, but I'm always a little bit hesitating if I hear code generation. So for me, it's always the, the, the question, is it really that simple? Do you have the relevant prerequisites you need for your own purposes? So what if you need something very special? Can the tool provide this kind of code? Or do you need to do some quirks all the time to get, to get the stuff what you really need at the very end? So when you have generated the code, but you have modified the, the system extremely and you have also Im impacted it in a way which is most likely not foreseen. So for me, code generations must be seen with a very, yeah, very tight view and very close view, whether it's really reasonable. Very reasonable is most likely that we now come to an end for this short story. You see, the embedded world is something, it's, it's such big that you cannot make some kind of a summary in, in, in 30 minutes, but... As mentioned, in the software side, no trend visible. On the hardware side, a clear way to go. IoT is the next big thing which is upcoming. And on the tool side, yeah, very, very small solutions, very, very interesting ways how to approach. And there is some, some improvement all the time, but not the big thing everybody is jumping on, not that, that big train running on. For me, it means on Monday, I will start to gather all the interview schedules. But I will have interesting topic for you 
and I will concentrate on the news, on the interested details inside of a product. What were the idea to find it? What are the reasons behind of it? How we have done it? Let's see what will be the outcome. We are at the end of this story now. If you have a feedback, if you have comments, don't hesitate. Go to the show notes, provide me your, your thoughts. At embeddedsuccess.com slash feedback, you find the form to contribute. As always, I would be delighted to receive your words. This was the 30th episode of the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast. I hope you got some inspiration, some ideas, or simply took some entertainment out of this episode. I'm Georg Lohrer from the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast. Thank you for listening.